Welcome to Tactical Permaculture. I've worked on projects ranging from the poorest to richest clients, from inner cities to suburbs to farmlands to remote wilderness, from the eco-war front lines to celebrity backyards. In over 25 years of service to the earth and the community of life, I've learned that in the fight for sustainable survival, growing is half the battle. Go to tacticalpermaculture.com for more info. You gotta train for me Because I'm training for you We gotta love, love And revolution to do You better train for me You'll be training for you April 7th, 2023 This is episode 47 and uh, just filed taxes for this year and I feel like I took pride in my work doing uh, extreme extreme sprawling spreadsheet formula wizardry magic and sort of psychologically gamifying an experience that most people would consider to be a nightmare and they would want to delegate and outsource um, which has pros and cons and without getting into all of that the in, in, in a discussion of um, what you risk and what you what you gain and what you lose, what you risk by by outsourcing that more fine grain relationship to personal finance and small business, self-employed, freelance, entrepreneur, etc., at a small scale. Um, yeah, I know people who have had even very, very small solopreneur type friends that were crushing it, as they say, as far as being thought leaders and building, finding their tribe and building their sales funnel and all of that web 2.0 era stuff and just to end up ultimately being um, being drained by an embezzling contracted or hired employee or whatever it was and uh, insourcing as much as possible as a a tactic and, and strategy for reducing attack surface and all levels of physical, cyber, and financial, ethical, social, professional security, all, all levels of security, the more you, the more you insource, the less, the less of that, uh, black box, unknown unknowns, off-site, off-premises, 
activity is is going on beyond your your scope of awareness and so I've taken some pride in in this journey of making compliance less of a chore and more of a more of an adventure (laughs) and definitely I've spoken about this in the past um, in other contexts but I haven't shared it in this new context that I'm sharing things in where the focus is really about not being victimized and being resilient and perennial in in all aspects of life not just in the glamorization of power politics and whether it's militancy or martial arts or what Bruce Lee said about you can be really fancy and cocky as a fighter with all of your prowess but to express yourself honestly that is very hard to do the sort of um the deeper essence he gets into a lot of philosophy in his book Tao of Jeet Kundo and I was uh, influenced profoundly by his works but beyond that sort of mystique of the tactical like they say tactical like it's a poser kind of thing or a a clout kind of thing one-upmanship and all that stuff I'm not interested in that personally but I I am interested in centering personally that um, the need to take things to escalate every dimension of life in this moment in history moment in geopolitics epidemiology financial markets etc and raise the alert level a bit higher on the personal the personal level and be a little bit less um, take 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 less for granted and insource more things and take responsibility for more things so for me the idea of doing doing homework uh, doing homework over the weekend on Friday night so that you could enjoy the weekend that level of of discipline and so the tax cycle and the um the effort needed to have it not be a stressful nightmare i really got i got an early start i pretty much got all of my documents and all of my calculations, all my spreadsheets, generating the reports they needed to generate, gathering everything up very early in in January. And uh, didn't wait till the last minute to do the filing, but didn't want to file too early. 
because you never know. We could be uh, could be in a situation where, for any number of reasons, um, well, it, 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 there's uh, it's it's an, that's an interesting that's an interesting uh, thought process of uh, thought process of applies to a lot of things. Practically speaking, you know, do you prepay or do you postpay? <laughs> do you, uh, at what point is there, what's the tipping point that works for, I mean, that's important to consider for a lot of things for sure. So with this, I was prepared to file very early and I did not wait till the last minute, but I gave some time in between being ready to file and filing and I'm just continuing to iterate and optimize the, the, the standard operating procedures, the instructions to myself so that it's not it's not always a um a a I mean so much business logic gets baked into the the, the formulas operating spanning tens of columns and hundreds of rows on spreadsheets and that's just a small guy in the grand scheme of things with what are called complex sales of commodities that are treated as having capital gain and loss reporting requirements so basically not being a day trader, but being an investor and making trades as a now what what is my sort of um, hustle? That's the sort of four hour work week kind of a hustle. It's just trying to time the market while while having time in the market. They say it's better to uh, not hashtag not investment advice. This is time in the market is better than timing the market, and the market can remain irrational longer than you can remain solvent. All these, all of these um, bits of wisdom I've I've ingested over the last few years. But basically, my early retirement is uh, is a factor of having a basic command of trading within a niche within the greater financial market ecosystem. And so it, it, it it's behooved me to go on extreme Excel, open office, LibreOffice uh, spreadsheet crash courses and financial markets courses from the open courseware from Yale and MIT, just backfill a lot of financial education that most people do not get um, unless they're really groomed in that culture of academics and, um, and and venture funding, venture capital, startup culture, all that stuff. They call them tech bros and all that stuff, fortunately. But um, no, that was not my was not a foregone conclusion that I would get into this into this um this industry at all. I, I was a rebel who was against capitalism and 
I even had a band where part of the logo was uh, was a crossed out dollar sign. So I kind of cursed myself to be uh, destitute forever, but to be adaptive and and to eventually go feral and rewild and live in the wealth and abundance of nature. That was the dream. And so once you can play the game, work within the system enough and figure out a way to purchase land where you can start to rewild, then then it comes full circle for me that I want to have less and less to do with money and entrepreneurialism and subscribers and followers and likes and engagement and turning every social interaction into a elevator pitch and just being a walking business card and all the things that that I have done in earlier chapters of life part every bit of that experience got me to a point where I where I could say now that um the fruition of that of all of those years of street hustling and cubicle hu- hustling and startup working in venture funded startups corporate all that stuff um it was always against my true nature and i always did it in a guerrilla fashion you know working in the corporate office but sleeping in the trunk of my car a couple blocks away just to save money on not paying rent and not commuting but taking my street and forest defense guerrilla adapted uh lifestyle and allowing some people say you know for a lot of people vehicle dwelling is the only pathway to upward social mobility because there's a lot of people who 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 make it work to ve- to be a vehicle dweller i was a very compliant legal dweller i even printed out giant uh, 11 by 17 color maps of the permitted areas to not be hassled or be uh criminally liable for for car camping in LA County there was a law that came out uh, it was contested but it did it cut both ways it provided carve outs for people to be protected to be vehicle dwellers but it marginalized those people into places that were possibly less safe for for them or for us I should say but more um hygienic and aesthetically sort of um buffered from from the the larger community which i get so yeah being a navigating the 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 game of life and uh living and working in the belly of the beast and then and then developing enough of a basic command of trading being a being a a uh, savvy enough within within financial markets to um to make the trades that got me out of the system and then the trade-off being well now you're so far from the system you got what you be careful what you wish for because now 
you better hope that uh, that that those trades you can make them last, because the state of the financial markets are, it has turned has turned against me. Did not give me a long stretch or plateau of being at the top. I had like many people. I've I've had a couple of cycles where I have made life-changing trades at the top or near the top close enough to the top to where the trend line since I've been involved has resulted in me being unimaginably freer and more self-sufficient and more and living the dream that I've always dreamed a rustic, rugged, rewilding American dream that's post being post having the majority of my life energy going into commercialization and enterprise of my own time my own relationships I'm living in my own fantasy that's basically like Yeah, I guess I never went to Burning Man, but but the but the ethics of it I understand, and I have a lot of burner friends. But that idea of basically, um, yeah, getting off of that monetary hamster wheel and and living in a gift economy that it's a gift economy of one at this point where I'm at. But uh, I've been spoiled by community, and I've been deep in many different movements and tribes of people in the, in the modern world from music scenes to activist scenes all kinds art communities and co-ops and urban compounds and rural everything so I've had I'm not I'm not burnt out or jaded on it either parts of me miss parts of it but I'm okay being in lone wolf mode now but what I want to, this idea of being at war with your future self and digging into positions, the, how, this, how this applies to this theme of tactical permaculture is, is, is that entering the financial markets as a, as a, a significantly experienced permaculture designer and builder with a lot of skepticism towards technology and digitization of everything and the e-waste and the all of the energy costs and everything. Like, I'm very not a techno-optimist Utope, techno, utopian, singularity, transhumanist, none of that. I'm, in my heart, a anarcho-primitivist. But I also recognize the need to use every tool in the toolbox to get free and to get empowered and to be able to resist effectively, efficiently. And so it was not, it, yeah, it wasn't in my nature to be a, a tech bro or an entrepreneur 
or uh, or haven't have study financial mathematics uh, the the uh, all of the sort of um, understanding charts and all that stuff that that would be antithetical to my true nature but but paradoxically if if at the end of the day the uh the ends justify the means and I'm not stepping on people's throats I'm not harming anyone and I even consider and factor in the what can be a zero sum dynamic in 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 trading in financial markets where there's always somebody if you're losing if you feel like you lost in a trade someone else won and and if you feel like you won someone else lost it's very it does come down to that base level of um brutism (laughs) uh nasty brutish short selling i guess you could call it but that's why i i wanted to avoid that and so i've developed strategies for my my investment strategies that that are in alignment with the ethics of permaculture as much as possible and that uh and that our my my investment portfolio is limited to assets that i feel like are ecologically responsible and are socially responsible and whatnot. I'm not going to go go into it now, but again, this idea of the war with the future self—it's—it's it's very difficult to um, to have peace of mind with exposure with a portfolio where your net worth is being jerked around by all kinds of forces beyond your control, and and. In my heart of hearts, I would love to just be running a nursery where where I do a small part in the chain of events that leads to having an an extreme abundance of um, fruit and nut trees growing comfortably with everything they need to get a, a good start in life and that I have just an absurd amount overflowing from a very small number of acres to the point where I almost just want to give it away and I don't I don't need to price gouge and I, I, I can have one of those uh, honor, honor system farm stands and just let people come by and make donations and I'm just there to, you know, do a little bit of maintenance and, and, and push nursery stock from the back end to the front end and I don't even have to talk to anybody I mean to me that's the direction I'm going ultimately Um, but until then I am subject to being jerked around by forces beyond my control in the financial markets but I have been blessed and the the thing that's the the mixed blessing I don't know if I coined the term but I, I hadn't heard it before I said it but you know a former lover of mine we we joked about about this concept of helven this sort of best of both worlds convergence of <laughs> living in, in 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 a very paradisical circumstance but in, situated in a very hellish set of circumstances beyond our control so we did our best to you know 
to make it a more beautiful paradox. But yeah, this is definitely on this arc of an adventure. Yeah, I made some key life-changing trades that uh, that liberated me from from a lot of risk in the belly of the beast hustling and playing in those games but the but because as one of my favorite quotes is that uh, treat both the bear markets and bull markets the highs and the lows as what they truly are imposters which is a very simple way of making a, 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 a poignant statement that uh, the average between those extremes is what is what is more statistically probable to be um, to be what what you would want to rely on or build strategies upon and not that's the time in the market versus timing in the market sort of notion and so you're yeah it's always when to sell how much to sell when to buy how much to buy and the i since getting into this journey i have never felt so so much i mean very few very few other times in life have i felt so much inner turmoil i mean yeah i've had my share of moral dilemmas and awkward moments and traumatic moments and all things like that but this journey is like a never-ending roller coaster of uh gut-wrenching uh heart blood pressure increasing stress and uh so to mitigate that and to to treat treat it in in as Taoistic of a sense of as possible I mean, the simplest thing that I've been taught to do is to keep a journal so that you can have a reference point to know what you were thinking last time this this scenario came up or have just some record that you can look back on. So I made that a habit. And today, after doing the taxes and and looking at the sort of uh, my scorecard of of how good my trading has been in the last whatever it's been about five years, um, since I've been in the game, so to speak, um, the uh, the take or the uh, what what came to me today for that journal was was this this um, this line of trying to trying to simplify trying to do the sort of um, find the, the, the lowest common denominator way, way to simplify the equation it was that it was that uh, it's, it's been a story of of, of, ma- of making a few a few life changing big trades a lot of a, a few life changing changing big trades at the top lots of life sustaining small trades at the bottom or at lows so it could be highs and lows but most importantly not making big life saving trades at the bottom 
and that sentiment is that It's like when when there is a bull, when there's a bull run and you had and you were blessed enough to have have bought in earlier than whoever is buying into a rally into the green candles into a hype cycle whatever into a bubble whatever you want to call it the opportunity exists to do what is extremely can be extremely gut-wrenching and difficult which is to take money off the table when you don't know if it's going to continue to rise in this parabolic manner and you're all, and you're getting off only halfway through and as Carter Thomas said recently in an interview he's one of my most um, cherished mentors in this regard he says uh, something like is very difficult when you get into those new all-time high territories because you I'm paraphrasing but you 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 tried to prepare yourself and psych yourself out to know no matter what you have to follow your plan you have to execute on trades that are going to cut through whatever you're feeling and thinking at the time and you just have to execute based on your plan You'll thank yourself later, but it's going to be hard, and it always is because you you can't silence that voice that says, "But what if, what if my net worth is going to quadruple next week, and I preclude that possibility by making a big trade too early?" So, on that uh, one of the people on that uh, on in that discussion said yeah the sort of I mean the the, uh, the sentiment is that uh, you should be comfortable at the bottom and uncomfortable at the top and I was like yeah I can relate to that <laughs> because if you if you were uncomfortable at the top and you pushed yourself through that and you did the uncomfortable thing which is take money off the table knowing that it could still go up and it might and it I won't say I probably will, but for me, I made the biggest trade to take money off the table at the all-time highs that were the all-time highs of the moment, all-time highs of my life, of the, of the cycle that I was in, only to have a week later the value of that main asset double. So, <laughs> so basically, whatever you buy... With what you bought, with what you, uh, what you, what you, whatever you buy with that money from that trade, better be worth double what you pay for it, <laughs> so that you can feel good about it. And and as a matter of fact, I feel like what I bought with that trade is worth, is, is priceless. And at one point, I said to a friend who I, who I've been commiserating with over the years with this stuff. And they asked me, when, what, what's the number that you would start selling at, or what, you know, what would you buy? And so I said, you know what, it's it's gotten to a point of where it's just off the rails, where I feel like because of the horror stories that I know about of people 
not being patient enough in that war with their future self and wanting to spoil themselves now and therefore impoverish themselves later because they sold everything and they got out of the markets and then they had no exposure later when it when it did eventually 10x on them and so someone spent you know tens of thousands of dollars to remodel their basement in a rundown neighborhood when they could have bought a building in that neighborhood while living in a mansion in the hills if they would have waited one more year it's a total mind f to be in certain not all markets but certain markets that uh that you probably know what i'm talking about but they're so um demonized at the moment that i don't even want to say the word at this point but this is all more general uh more general philosophy of life applies to many other things outside of this but certainly your wits and your resolve and your discipline and your training and applies to a lot of things but that idea again of um having a narrative um being supported by narratives and training psychologically to be to be living from these very simple but very potent little snippets of linguistic code so that you don't stray from a a plan you don't panic and uh where i'm at now as the markets have for me traded very much what they call sideways is that i realize I'm on a plateau that's a that's a it's a it's a it's I'm still in the green I'm still profitable I still already am, I'm playing with the house's money in the sense that my principal into my investments already realize I already realize it's not just paper gains I realized gains orders of magnitude in excess of what I put in now it's a matter of not there's no there's there's no um um nothing's underwater so there's no pain in that regard it's only like good problems to have how much how many orders of magnitude above what i do i you know do you want to be uh do you want to be uh something something error or something 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 error kind of a thing and how in that tug of war with the future self over how frugal you should be now so that you can be not i mean for me it's not going to be extravagant but how much do you shrink and cut costs and go into your shell financially in in a bear market so that you don't end up with no holdings and no exposure to the gains of the eventual return of the bear, of the the bull market even if it's years away that's the discipline and so what got me thinking about i said the other day to a friend talking about these markets and things saying you know 
the things that the times in life that are the most meaningful it's easy to say the best things in life are free but another way to say that is that if you want to know what you're made of if you want the, the the missions the operations the adventures whatever you want to call it whether you like the sort of tactical mystique or not yeah whether you're a mountain climber or you are captain willard on a mission to terminate colonel kurtz in apocalypse now my my uh, analogy that i used with my friend was to say it it's like it you, captain willard the price tag for his training the value on paper of him as a as an operator with uh with sog in the secret war in vietnam and beyond technically i guess but the archetype of him as an operator yeah on paper to uncle sam and the pentagon what his value was must have it was a pretty penny to get him trained up to that level and um you wouldn't put him in frontline infantry operations with with the skill sets that he had been trained to have and the resolve and the discipline and the mastery that he proved to have in order to get an assignment that uh, that of that caliber but once he leaves the the wire once he's not on the base and once he's out there in the field behind enemy lines and ultimately alone then it doesn't matter how much money he's making on paper how much is stacking up in his bank account how much money and power and resources that's all behind that's all the rest of the tier, the 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 spear if he's the tip of the spear none of that money matters at that point in the at the heart of the the mission the heart of the operation the dude comes out of a swamp in his underwear and gets the job done and goes to work and at that moment it didn't it didn't matter if if he was the richest man in the world or the poorest man in the world whether there was a bull market or a bear market what mattered was when when he was in in the sphere of of, of the orbit uh, or the orbit of that of that abundance and that wealth that he he basically used that uh, that time and that that opulence that privilege of being spoiled by the resources of the the entire US government, US military, the entire nation state that he in in sheltered in that uh within all of those resources, all of that immediate medical attention, all of that like he used that time to to make himself proficient 
for the times that are going to matter the most, that are going to push him to the farthest extremes, at which point none of the, none of that luxury, none of that privilege, none of that um, none of those forms of power are relevant, and all, all that's relevant is the is the training, the skills, and the willpower. And so that sort of, um, there was a quote from a, a guy, I'm not going to, I'm not going to quote him directly by name or say exactly what industry he was in, but basically he was saying that being a trader in financial markets is, is like being a sniper and he called himself the, the, the such and such sniper, but it was, he was not a bona fide Rifleman in that regard, uh, to my knowledge, he was just borrowing from that from that mystique, but saying that it's about the way that a sniper stalks their target and is going to be willing to live in a hole for however long it takes, living next to their own shit to get the job done. That that for him that's what trading is like it's not high frequency trading it's not it's it's waiting and digging in a position and having a plan and a strategy and knowing exactly what you're going to do and doing it when the opportunity arises and uh yeah i'm not i'm i don't like the idea of using war and military tactical metaphors loosely i think it's a disservice to the people who are in service um so but what I what I will say is that uh, again, whether it's whether whether it's uh, you're a, a mountain climber or a backpacker or uh, on a marine reconnaissance mission or whatever it is that people do, the sort of the mindset that's that operates in people who push themselves to the extremes into austerity is that you really know you know if you know what I'm talking about then you probably really know what I'm talking about that it's like the best moments and the most invigorating and affirming moments in life are the are the ones that uh, that are maybe facilitated by or sort of um, uh, there's they could be set up or or enabled by financial resources, but that is just the scaffolding. That's probably the best way to put it. That is the sort of um, the shuttle to get you into the zone where you're doing things and living in a way that are sort of post or transcendent of money that that so for me it's about having made those critical big life-changing trades at the top so that I could weather and survive and sustain myself in a in a bear market, sideways market, and and be out there in the field doing the survivalist thing, 
knowing that eventually the way that a, the way that a, 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 an operator is going to have faith that if if they're successful in their mission and they're successful at uh, at getting reunited with their the support services are going that are going to extract them by whatever means according to whatever plan or contingency that they'll get back to that to being sheltered in that way but when they're on the job in the field doing the mission they're doing what they have to do to survive at a very animalistic and primal level and if that's what you enjoy and you are living for that for me that's I'm living for this tactical permaculture dream of like building my land-based micro one-man human ecology and defending it from all defending it from all of the destructive forces of nature and all the destructive forces of humanity and to me that's that that I, I derive a lot of of medicine from studying the fictional and real life elite operators because I know that they're 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 the embodiment of of for different purposes with different objectives but the the base layer of it all is that getting into that deeper more primal part of the brain and reveling in crawling around in the dirt knowing that it doesn't matter how much money you have in a bank account or how many people you have that would protect you or care for you back uh, back on your line <laughs> uh, uh, in front of enemy lines is, is, is one way to put it but to be deep in the field doing the craft that you're trained to do living that dream it's transcendent of money and so yeah f- the joke is that for a lot of people who have high costs of living have high overhead just to maintain themselves yeah if they're surfing the financial markets and it turns against them they're going to be in extreme agony because they're going to have to demean themselves in less fulfilling employment they're going to have to take a step back in their career they're going to be laid off and have to be demoralized and depressed and go through all kinds of embarrassment but if you are if you're the opposite and you say man for me like i just got to a point on the other side of that last year or the 2021 
tax filing was the was orders of magnitude more money than I ever realized ever had in my life that I realized in that year and that's what I used to buy myself up to the next level ratchet up to the next level and on that next level what did I do I've been crawling around in the dirt like vegged up like in that dug-in position living like one of the poorest people on earth but being rich in my relationship with surviving in nature rich in so many ways that are immeasurable and almost uh, unspeakable or impossible to put into words so yeah, being in war with your future self and having to to drop from be be, be uh, downwardly socially mobile because of shifts in financial markets, and still be a, a city slicker that is forced to endure all the indignities that go along with that and all the expenses and like for me. I'm living in a way where I don't know what day it is. I don't know what gas prices are. I don't know what food prices are. I squared away. The the plan was for this year to have been squared away by the end of last year so that I would not have to leave this property that I own now and that I would be able to push forward on a path of growing more and more of my own food, capturing more and more of my own rainwater and slowly burning through my food supplies and my water supplies that I imported and that I purchased when the during the the bull run so that I could be a gorilla in close to the earth living on paper below the poverty line and so my tax return this year was like so negligible it's absurd and my expenses and my overhead have been cut to the bone and i don't feel like i'm deprived of that much and that is a beautiful uh peace with the future self because the future self does not get um diminished or or the opportunity cost to the future self of me behaving in a way that forces me to sell out of all of my positions at the bottom so that when the markets go back up I'm not only dead broke and not going along for the ride again but hating myself for the mistakes I made at this moment right now and, and instead of going into extreme austerity but what does it take to have the resolve to do that well you have to you have to love nature you have to be a little bit like I don't want to say antisocial but post-social in a, in a sense because I don't I don't need to be around people and, I don't, and I'm not chasing girls anymore like I I I was it took me a while to um to, to saturate my my um, my mostly unsaturated desire burning desire to be intimate with love with 
beloveds, but I, I was able to really catch up on a lot of lost time over the last decade before the, the pandemic. So before the pandemic started, so as the pandemic progressed and as it continues to progress, I'm able to be post-social and live in that operator mentality and what the mission is, it's not to terminate Colonel Kurtz, but it is to live basically the way that those kind of operators are trained to live, where they eat things that make billy goats puke and they like working alone. All those aspects of, of the lone wolf who isn't going to get homesick and isn't going to tap out when, while being brutalized by, by the forces of nature, exposure to the elements, but feeling invigorated by it and knowing that actually the well, the more the more wealthier I get, the deeper, the fur, the more money I make, the further away from money I'm gonna live, for for longer periods of time. I think there are a lot of people who are who are nature lovers, whether they're, again, into a tactical mystique or in the service or not or whatever. The idea is that across all. walks of life, the things that, that, that money can buy, this is what, uh, yeah, one of the, the people who got me most interested in this sort of um, war with your future self concept, um, Trace Mayer, he also introduced through his, his teachings, this concept, it was introduced for the first time to me, this concept of um, what money and wealth actually can, can help you have in life. The idea of relationships and experiences that wealth is the means to, to, to enrich those domains, to give you more options, paraphrasing, but, the, but to me that was like so profound. Yeah. The, what I would like to have is more freedom and more discernment and more financial empowerment so that I can have more meaningful, deeper and richer experiences in relationship and, and health. I mean, that, yeah, that's, I'm leaving that out, but, but, uh, I'm that's coming back to me. That's a, that's a key pillar. Um, I mean, you could add all kinds of things to that list. 
and it's been a while since I heard it, so maybe maybe I'm getting the order wrong, or it, this is what this is what is persisting for me. So if if uh, you know, I, I gave you his name, so you can look him up if you need to, um, if you want to. I think he got done dirty by people who um, who don't appreciate him as much as I do, but uh, I don't like to badmouth anybody. In general, I'm not, so I don't even want to talk about other people bad-mouthing people who I feel good about. <laughs> I like to think about what people do that's good. And he was the one who said this idea of... I'll, I will just swap out a word and say, yeah, be an investor of last resort. He really framed it for me that this is like a long, grueling, arduous, dirty, nasty, cold, hot, everything mission. And you would have to have the resilience of someone who was trained to not tap out and to not be... um, easy to uh, not be a quitter, you know, and and to have a a long-term perspective and be willing to endure a lot of um, a lot of sacrifice, a lot of hardship, a lot of uh, aloneness. And it's it's not for everyone, but for the people who, who... who value those qualities and cultivate them, even if they weren't born with them or brought up with them, that there are there are things to learn and know about the world that would make you want to spend some time developing at least some, some of that to some degree, just more resilience. So I'm at a point where, yeah, markets are down, markets are sideways, but I did what I was trained to do, and I will say it again and close this out and say that uh, in this war with my future self, the modus operandi, the sort of marching orders, <laughs> are that what I distilled today in my trade journal after I filed my taxes, which were below the radar. They, I didn't even have to file. The, that's how strategically uh folded up it folded up and put into my <laughs> into my my uh financial rucksack for the mission to move forward like that's how uh, how detached that i have i have become so so that i can be be agile in, ext- in these extreme conditions, but the the marching orders for for surviving the the um, yeah those times like in apocalypse now where it's between refueling and resupplying and yeah there's there's this sort of um, pendulum or this gradient between being highly exposed to risk uh, danger and risk. Um, and being more sheltered and more protected. And so if I draw that analogy of financial markets and I say, 
Yeah, when when the gravy train's flowing, the music's dancing, and the musical chairs seem like they're never gonna run out, and <laughs> you know when the music is playing, you have to dance. Everybody's ratcheting up the everything else, and it's just a an upward spiral of uh, of euphoria. That's the time to be the grasshopper and er, to be the ant versus the grasshopper, so to speak. And so because I was able to do that now in this time, I'm able to, to persevere knowing that the, the mission is going to involve this oscillation between those extremes. But to, to, in order to get to the, the ultimate destination or to fulfill the mission or to accomplish the mission, you have to be psychologically and financially and, and physically and always prepared to endure the trappings and the, and the, the sort of um, the sacrifices and hardships and seductions and everything between those two extremes and to average out and persist. So again, and as I said, as I said, I would say in closing this mantra of sorts that the way forward, the way it has worked out and the way forward, what I will keep in mind as my, my operating principles is this idea of a few big trades at the top that are life-changing trades with the acknowledgement that when the, when the markets go down and the opportunity of those life-changing gains at the top when the, when the prices are high, eventually what goes up must come down and when it comes down to be able to extend the range of survivability from from that top and make incremental small trades to maintain a plateau of sustenance across that that stretch to where markets will go up again but the most critical and important thing, the thing to avoid, the most catastrophic pitfall that is eminent at all times is the possibility, the unavoidable possibility, but the avoidable sort of compounding risks that, that make the possibility increase, the probability increase is this notion of don't make big trades at the bottom out of the necessity to get out of a, a legal or 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 um, financial liability, meaning some sort some sort of accident or calamity or tragedy, and because it would wipe you out at if anything anything can wipe you out at the bottom, whereas at the top, 
very few things could wipe you out because even the most catastrophic things that can happen might only just barely put a dent in your net wealth at that point. But this is what I've discovered that's the double-edged sword that's so mortifying and terrifying is that like if you screw up that risk the the uh putting life and limb and finances and legal status and all the taking any risks with your life and your freedom <laughs> when you don't have the marked to market net worth to really fight legal battles or fight medical battles or or have teams that can support you like like you're a, a ra- like you're a car racer and you can have people come and, and 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 service you at a pit stop that sort of luxury happens at the top but at the bottom when you're looking at your net worth evaporate that's when you will as i am now really appreciate being adapted to a steer lifestyle to where yeah i don't want to risk i don't want to risk exposure to disease infectious disease i don't want to risk exposure to vehicular uh accidents i don't want to risk exposure to violence i don't want to risk exposure to all kinds of more nebulous nebulous uh entanglements with um with asymmetrical warfare with people who could want to pick fights with me online or or drag me into court or whatever so there's like a million things that I do not do anymore that I've done in the past that were not like flippant or criminal but they were just they were just um uh uncalculated risks risks that were just baked into living in the city baked into being an entrepreneur baked into uh being an activist or whatever and there are things that that I would rather just squat in the bush like Charlie now and get stronger <laughs> and wait for the opportunity to take that big life-changing trade at the top and that will ratchet me up to a new level and at that new level I will be laying low treating the tops and the bottoms the bull and bear markets as what they are imposters and Charlie Mike continuing the mission to average out those extremes and avoid avoid excess and make peace with that future self so hopefully this day of commemorating the uh the yin and yang the polarities of what i've experienced from 
relatively astronomical net net worth, a micro fortune, (laughs) if you will, for the first time, coming out of nowhere, worked hard for it, dug into position for it to make the trade I needed to make at the bottom to have it be worth as much as it was at the top, take enough of it out of the top to not yeah, I mean, again, I want to open up another whole can of worms. But just like uh, some people will say about what it means to do permaculture, it's like you're trying to smooth the edges of the extremes of what happens in a site's climate, a site's ecology. Like, mitigate the destructive impact of droughts and floods, the destructive effects of too much moisture versus not enough moisture and create an equilibrium that's habitable and more sustainable and more resilient and and robust and diverse. So I hope that that helps really, yeah, bring this all together with tactical permaculture. I don't want to be talking about finances that much anymore, but it's part of the world we live in and you have to have I will say one of my former Green Beret mentors has made the, made the comment that, that uh, and if I was wrapping up before, I will close with this. <laughs> it took a while to wrap up, but I will close with this. His sentiment, he basically said, because he's such a outdoors man, being a ranger, an army ranger and everything, you know, and his sentiments about not wanting to be in the city and feeling at home in the outdoors and just knowing in his every cell how 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 much he it's night and day how fulfilling it is to be to be in the wild and and he said you know he's like yeah the, in the in the modern world you have to be very successful financially to be able to even afford to get back to doing the things that are the cheapest that our ancestors did who had nothing, who had no money, where money didn't even exist. And I'm paraphrasing that a bit, but it, it is, it is, that is the, the quintessential sentiment that I'm trying to express is it like, man, how much money does it take to get free from money and to just live beyond money? As, as a rewilding feral animal <laughs> amongst all of the riches and all the wealth that is organic abundance, that is uh, all of the natural resources, the sun, the rain and the soil and everything that grows freely and thrives and flourishes without lawyers and banks and regulators and financial markets and all of that stuff. It's like, I don't live to be in those worlds. I fight within those worlds so that I can live beyond them, which is what I'm doing now. So yeah, it takes a lot of money to live a life where you, where you don't need money and you, you live beyond money. Cheers.
you gotta train for me Because I'm training for you We got a love, love and revolution to do You better train for me